I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. At Alma, we know the connection between you and your therapist matters. But if you're already feeling stressed and burnt out, the idea of trying to find a therapist you really connect with can be overwhelming. That's why Alma's focused on helping you find the right therapist for you. When you browse their online directory, you can filter by the qualities that are most important to you. Then book free 15-minute consultations with any therapist you're interested in seeing. And because 95% of therapists at Alma accept insurance, you can find care that's affordable to You want to talk to someone, but not just anyone. Alma is there to help you find the right fit. Visit helloalma.com slash therapy30 to schedule a free consultation today. That's helloalma.com slash therapy30. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another episode of the Rise Together podcast. I am so excited to introduce you to a good friend, Jennifer Cohen, who's a wellness entrepreneur, a strategic advisor, an educator whose recent TED Talk got more than 5 million views in just a couple of years worth of time. She's a longtime authority in health and wellness, where she's co-founded numerous companies, appeared on several magazine covers, sold an app to Weight Watchers, What Don't You Do, Jen? Um, She's the best-selling author of several books and has a brand new book coming out that we are going to talk about today called Bigger, Better, Bolder. It releases on December 27th. Without further ado, please rise, remove your hats, and welcome my friend Jen Cohen to the Rise Together podcast. Welcome to Rise Together. My name's Dave Hollis. I'm the host of this show where we're going to hopefully have you feeling a little more normal in this, the human experience. Maybe see yourself even in some of the stories that are told or have your appreciation of what it means to be human expanded by someone who's come on as a guest who's had a different life experience. In all of it, we are trying our best in community to learn from each other, to grow, and maybe even have a little bit more compassion for what it's like to walk in each other's shoes. When we do, we all rise together. Hello, Jen. Hello, Dave. Thank you for having me on your podcast. This is going to be like how fast I can switch from conversational voice to Radio Dave voice to do an intro. Yeah, you did a great job. Actually, it was a great pivot. I like it. I love it. You're good people. I mean, I barely know you. And I actually think (laughs) that we're going to be very, very good friends for a very long time because the kind of conversations we've had are the kind that I dig because I just get to totally be myself every single time I'm around you. And that's one of the things I look for in friends. That's a really good thing to look for in friends. And I appreciate that. I I feel the same way. It's true. I feel like we've known each other for many of decades and it hasn't been that long. Right. So, you know what? I don't feel like wasting time. I think you got to go right for the jugular. Like I'm not much with a, of a how's the weather type of person, right? <laughs> I like I like meat on the potato, you know, the meat and potatoes of something. You like to get real, and I yes. dig the real. You know, it's like there's so much in this business, in any business, of positioning and and posturing and whatever else, and you are not that. 
And I no. like that about you. Thank you. I'm not a big positioner or posturer for sure. I, I try to be as authentic and real as possible. That's really to a fault. It works for me most of the time, but it can also work against you sometimes, but it, it is what it is. You can't be everything to everyone. And I'm okay with that. Actually. I know we have a mutual friend, uh, Mel Robbins has been on your podcast, but I say this about her all the time <laughs> and you remind me of her because like she is the way she is, the way she is, the way she is every single time, doesn't matter what room you're in, whether she's on a stage, on a podcast, in a living room, the same. And I feel the same way about you. You're just like, you're just who you are. And that exactly in some ways, I think is like the nirvana that so many people are aspiring to get to, that they might feel free enough to just be themselves every day, irrespective of the audience, irrespective of the possibility of rejection for being who they are. Absolutely. I think a lot of people just fear, fear rejection, fear, you know, not being good enough. And so because of that, it holds them back from even making really meaningful relationships, making meaningful connections in life, not just professionally, but personal too. And I appreciate that compliment. You can tell Mel that you, uh, you know, you should tell her you said that maybe she'll have me on her podcast next. There we go. (laughs) (laughs) Let's manifest that. All right. I gave uh, the very tops of the trees introduction of you in the bio read, but uh, for those who maybe aren't familiar yet with your work or what you do, give us a little of kind of your story of how you got to where you are and why you believe you are on this planet. Why do I believe I'm on that? That's great. Wow, that's a big question. That's a really a big question. philosophical question. Am I going to be able to answer that on your on your podcast today? Let's I don't see. know. I don't know. But I will give you an origin story of how I got to a place where I wrote this book and where it kind of like how I evolved, right? I think before you reach any goal, right? People are like, well, why? I'm talking in this book a lot about being bold, right? That was what my TED Talk was about. That's what my main... That's what my platform is about asking for what you want, chasing what you want. And in my opinion, before you get to any of those things of getting to the actual goal or the place what you want to be, you have to have uh, some type of like system in place or foundation. And it's my belief and what I've done, no matter what my whatever my path has been and my success has been, I've always started with the place of being bold, which was getting out of my own way and not letting the fear of failure and that idea of self-doubt that I'm not good enough, that I'm not talented enough, that I'm not smart enough to stand in my way from trying. And that's the whole purpose of why I'm even with you today and why I wrote this book was to kind of tell people that, that it doesn't matter what your background is and how smart you think you are or how talented you're not or how athletic you are. Because it's possible if you have the desire and you want to harness, this is the whole thing, harnessing the skill of being bold to go after it. And my story, just to kind of give you just a quick bird's eye view, is um, I was just a regular average Joe kid from a small town. No, no great shakes about me. I wasn't especially talented. I wasn't especially bold. Uh, but I did really harness the idea of going after whatever that was. And I went from being in the music world to being in the sports world, then in the fitness business. I then created a few different companies in, in fitness. That's why I'm really more of an entrepreneur within the wellness space. I had a shoe company. I had books. And my first company was called No Gym Required, which was giving people these simple solutions to be healthy and fit. I sold it. And then I, um, my second book was called Strong as a New Skinny. And then I also 
created a, a fitness app called Hot Five, which were these five-minute workouts, which then got acquired by Weight Watchers. From that, I had a, I, I became kind of an advisor to lots of other wellness businesses. Um, I own pieces of a lot of different companies now, and I just keep on growing and evolving more into this like leadership entrepreneurial place where now I have this podcast, Habits and Hustle, and it just keeps on going from there because I never allowed myself to be pigeonholed, which I think happens to a lot of people, especially when you're in the fitness space. People want to view you as only someone that can do a squat or a lunge, and they don't understand that there's so much more that you like to me, fitness was a microcosm of the foundation and life skills that I was able to take. And with, with me in any area of my life, professionally and personally. Yeah. Boldness is the thing. And the boldness book, is the thing. The, like the, I mean, well, number one, you just mentioned it habits and hustle. It's a top 20 podcast inside of the business category. I'm telling you folks, if you have a business, go subscribe to Jen's podcast because it's fire. Um, but boldness, it's your thing. It's what the book is all about. I love that the book starts out with, well, number one, there's 16 different principles that you talk about inside the book that are more or less the roadmap that you'd offer to the reader for how they can become the bold self that they need to be to achieve their dreams. But the first chapter really dives into, from my perspective, like a definition of what bold people have and what those who aren't bold don't have. And if you're willing, I'd love to just like read a couple of them off and have you expand a little bit because boldness as a character trait is a thing I think people are like, okay, cool, I'll, I'll be bold. But when you see it in this kind of detail, it really crystallizes like, oh, geez, I gotta get up and I gotta be intentional about choosing boldness because I don't wanna be what you describe as others in these sentences. The first one was, <laughs> Bold people push limits and others are stymied by limited thinking. Bold people break through systems. Others are subject to conformity. Like it kind of just goes on and on. But talk for a second about like why boldness and what not choosing to be bold ends up sentencing someone to if they don't step into pushing limits or breaking through systems or one of the nine or 10 other things you list in that first chapter. Wow, thank you. So basically, that's true. You just, you just basically summed it all up right there. Um, I believe boldness is the secret sauce to success. I believe that boldness is being, it's, it's, it's more important to be bold than to be brilliant. And that's why they say the world favors the bold, not the brilliant, because there's, there's truth in that. What happens a lot of times, and what you're referring to is we typically, most people acquiesce to what's in front of them. Most people acquiesce to a good enough life versus actually being deliberate and chasing what they actually want, not just taking what they're getting. And we tend to overthink a lot as, as a whole, right? I'm included as well. We have to stop ourselves in our tracks because it's very easy when a smart, smart people overthink and think of all the things that can go wrong, right? Versus a bold person who thinks of all the things that can go right. So it's about reframing those words and then changing the way you, you, you kind of show up in this world and show up to life. And the whole purpose of this whole thing is to tell people that that is the case. It can, if anything, could, if I could accomplish something, you could accomplish something because yeah. there's nothing special about me. And I really, I keep on trying to hammer in that point over and over again, because to what we were saying in the beginning of my book and what I talk about, it's like, it's not rocket science. It's very simple, common sense type of 
solutions, but we can get mired in our own, you know, negative thinking and all the things that can possibly happen that it becomes analysis paralysis and we don't do anything. And so something in motion stays in motion. So if you just go out there and try and do and act, that's what you really need. You need that momentum. Is your child struggling with a specific subject or need help with homework? Are they asking questions that you're not sure you can fully answer? IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids. It covers math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed. This program will improve your kids' grades. Studies done in almost every state in the country. The kids who had IXL are consistently doing better. Powered by advanced algorithms, IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. And it doesn't have to eat up all your time. One subscription gets you everything for all the kids in your home, pre-K to 12th grade. So don't miss out. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And listeners can get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when they sign up today at IXL.com audio. Visit IXL.com audio to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. The beginning of the book in this description of like what bold people have access to is a bit of a table setter for every other lesson that ends up coming in the balance of the book. I'm going to read through them because I found them so fascinating. I actually like printed it out. I'm going to put it on my freaking mirror because I need a reminder to be bold. And I think one of the ways I'm motivated to do anything is to see what I get for doing it or, and I'm maybe more this way, what I would miss out on for not doing it. So mm. bold people take action. Others remain stuck. I do not want to be stuck. Bold people create opportunities. Others wait for things to happen. Like, Waiting for things to happen, man. I like if I find a like a season in my life where I felt low, it was probably because I was in this passive waiting for as opposed to active, proactively taking action to go do something for myself. Speaking of action, they take action, others remain stuck, they seek novelty, others are okay with the same old, same old, they're curious, others mind their own business, they accept rejection, others live with regret. They get comfortable with failure and others fear it and never try anything. And the last one, and I love this one, they have big stories to tell while others live vicariously through those stories. I want to be a big storyteller <laughs> and the prerequisite is boldness. I'm here for this. It's a hundred percent true. Like the truth of the matter is, right? This is not a book about a get rich fast scheme, right? This is a book about creating a rich life for yourself. And that doesn't mean a plane and only millions and millions of dollars a year. A rich life to me means having meaningful relationships, extraordinary experiences, a life that has like fulfillment and satiation to it. And that, that encompasses everything that is professional, but it's also personal. And it, but it has to start somewhere right? How many people do you know? There's one person who's telling all the stories and everyone else just listens in the background and wishing that, hoping that, you know, like, you know, oh, that can never be me. So I'll just listen. Why can't it be you? Like, why yeah. not start, right? Like, why not start with something else? Like the way I perceive things is like, if it can happen to that person, it can happen to me. Why not? Like, what is the worst that can happen? You try and you fail. To me, a failure is just an attempt. 
You know, you, it's your first attempt, your second attempt, your third attempt. That's the way I look at it. Don't use the word failure as failure. Change it in your brain to being an attempt at whatever it is you want most in life. We are our own worst enemies. Don't be somebody like, don't be like, be the, the main character in your story. Don't be an extra. It's great. You can listen to other people's stories and you can find joy in, and laughs with it, but make that your story. Yeah. You know, why not? So good. Now, uh, I'm sure you're aware of this. You're a woman. I'm a man. <laughs> boldness. No. no, I know. I'm just, I'm saying obvious things, but um, boldness can at times be seen as uh, assertiveness for a man and something different for a woman. Uh, have you had that experience? I'm sure that you have. What For any of the female listeners to the show, would you recommend that they do with the problem, the pushback, the system in society that may deify a man for being bold and may ask a woman to pipe it down? Yes. Well, I think a lot of times what you're saying is, being bold can come across as being super aggressive or being too assertive and being yep. a bitch and all these other things. And, you know, I, what I say to that is a couple of things. Number one is not, it's not what you say ever in any situation. It's how you say it, right? You can get away with a lot, quote unquote, if you're saying it in a nice, kind way. And so I think you've got to be mindful of a knowing the room, who you're talking to and, and being self-aware enough to know how you're, how you occur, right? How are you occurring in that situation? That's the first part. The other part, I really have to say, who cares? You're not yep. going to be, you know what I mean? Like, so like, like I said, at the beginning of this podcast, when you introduced me, not everyone loves vanilla, not everyone loves chocolate, you know, some like Neapolitan, whatever it is, you're not going to, you're not going to be loved by everybody, but to be living a, a life of authenticity and, and being true, it's okay. And you have to kind of be you and do you, right? Like there's some people say that person's too meek. This person's too timid. This person's too aggressive. Who cares what anybody says and anybody thinks? Who cares? Most people, by the way, are too concerned with themselves to even be looking at you in the first place. 100%. Right? Like it's, it's like that all the time. Like people are nervous to go to the gym. They feel intimidated. But the truth of the matter is you go to the gym, everyone's so preoccupied with how they look. They're taking selfies on themselves. They're not paying attention to you in your crop top. Right? Like it's not, it's human nature. What we do as humans is we create these stories that are so much more exacerbated in our own heads than what really is in real life. And if we can kind of recognize those things and still do what we do because it's who we are, who cares? Yeah, I completely, completely agree. I'm glad that you said it the way that you did. You're not for everyone. Like, and I've even said it, I wrote it in the book, like I'm not free ice cream. Not everyone's <laughs> gonna like me. I still get, you know, it's hung up every once in a while thinking I can convince everyone to like me. I got to let go of that anyway. That's just you, never going to happen. You're, it's never going to happen. It's not, it's not realistic. Yeah, it's not. One of the principles in the book is about discovering your bold type. And my takeaway was that one, um, we're not necessarily born to be bold. It's something that we develop. So I'm curious if you have any kind of tips on developing boldness beyond discovering a little bit of like what kind of bold you're meant to be. Well, I, I'm glad that you just said that because that's a question I get all the time about like, well, that's not who I am. That's not my personality. 
Well, you, you don't have to be born bold to become bold, right? You can work on something and harness it. What I like to really say to people who think that way is that I don't believe that you know, we find ourselves in this world. I believe we create ourselves in this world. And you can become and create whoever that you ever want to become. If you want to be more bold, then you can do these little bold moves daily to become bolder. It's like if you want to be strong, right? You don't go to the gym one time and think that now you can like be strong and fit and live your life like that always. You have to constantly be, it's consistent. You've got to be consistently going after it daily to kind of work that muscle, right? Boldness is the same thing. You need to harness it. You've got to be consistent with it. You need to work on it daily to kind of continue being bold. You know, bold is for life, just how strength is for life. You know, anything you want to get good at, tennis, Spanish, whatever, you know, what pick your karate boldness. It's something that you need to practice over and over again, harness daily. And that's how you become an expert or more proficient than you were the day before. And yeah. that's what I, and that's what I tell people, right? Like you don't have to, you don't have to be born with anything. You just have to have like the work ethic to try and, and do it over and over again. Yeah. I mean, there's in that chapter about that principle of developing your bold type or discovering it, there's the description of these five big personality traits that I found super fascinating because they feel like breadcrumbs for those that maybe don't identify as being bold, but are interested in understanding how to inch closer to it. The first one was all about curiosity, right? Like the openness to experience. And I'm, I'm someone who has played it pretty safe for most of my life. <laughs> I mean, the last couple of years when everything turned upside down, I think I've thrown a little more caution to the wind and become wildly more curious. But um, talk to me just a little bit about curiosity and the openness to experience and how it unlocks some of your ability to be bold. First of all, curiosity is like a, a sister or a brother to boldness, in my opinion, because you need you need it to kind of create opportunities. I look at curiosity as a gateway to connection and to communication and to opportunity, really, you need to create opportunities for yourself. And I don't believe in luck. Luck doesn't just happen. You got to create those opportunities to even have luck. And how you even get that is through asking a lot of questions, but being interested, right? Like, it's one thing to, to ask. But what I think it's like, what's interesting is when people are interested in a real way, not bullshit interested, like, yeah. you know, when people are genuinely interested. And my best opportunities came from these random things I did in my life because I just was curious and curious and asked a lot of questions. I became the head of Forbes leadership for many years because some random person emailed me by accident. He meant to email his editor. He was like a, a, a really known political writer. And he um, was writing, he was actually writing his third book and he was thought his, I guess his agent was named Jennifer Cohen and he emailed the wrong Jennifer Cohen by accident. He forgot a dot in an email address. Amazing. And, right. And instead of me just deleting the email and being like, screw him, he'll figure it out later. His information was on the bottom of the email and I saw his phone number and I called the guy because I thought he was interesting. And I ended up calling the guy, ended up having an hour conversation with this dude 
And from that conversation, I ended up like he, he also was affiliated with Forbes and all these other things where I'm like, you know what, what would it take for me to write an, a, an article for Forbes on wellness for entrepreneurs and for executives? He laughed at me. He thought it would be, never happen. But I kind of like kept it. I kept on like pushing a little bit in a nice, nice way. Eventually, he gave me the name of an editor there that he worked with. I had to kind of finagle that a little bit. Eventually, the guy said, yes, you can write one column. Well, one column, that one column was the number one column most read on Forbes.com, probably still is, like 80 million views or something insane. Wow. Um, And uh, yeah, and so that one column turned into two, three. Eventually, they gave me my own column, and that was like a gig I had for years, which then literally changed the entire trajectory of my life because people started to take me differently. started to take me more seriously because I had Forbes in my back pocket versus me just being like a fitness kid back where, right? But I created that opportunity by being curious, clicking on that email and not just thinking as ah, not about me, I'll just delete it and putting myself in the situation of being very bold. Listen, what, the, what was the worst that can happen? The guy says, you know, screw off. Thank you. Thanks for sending me the email. I'm not interested. Goodbye. It could have happened. No but risk. No worse off, right? But, right, yeah. but I'm, I'm no worse off than I was if I didn't do it. Yeah. Right? And so that um, took on a whole different direction of my career from that one email mistake. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. One of the other character types or personality traits is extroversion being a little more um, outgoing. I know that there are people listening right now that are like, uh, I can't be bold because I'm an introvert. And I'm curious what you would say to the person who's just got a predisposition for being introverted or less outgoing and what they need to do. What like what do they have to put at risk to uh, unlock this opportunity for themselves? Well, I just think that uh, being bold again is that you could, it's like baby steps. You don't have, nothing has to happen all, you're not going to get from A to Z in one day, right? But you put little things in place and to get comfortable with asking for big things, you need to get comfortable with asking for the little things. So put things in your day. So what what I want to say also is that like, I'm not the kind of person, nor am I someone that believes in these, like writing these books that are like me speaking from my white, you know, ivory tower, right? Like, I have a workbook in this book where people can work on whatever it is that they need to work on to get a little bit better all the time, every day, right? So you make little bold moves daily to become, you know, that that compound over time to become bolder, right? I feel like it's really important to understand, like you want to have these things that are actionable that you can actually do, that you can integrate into like real life. Right. Because we all have real life. We all have things going on. But that's why it's like if you make these little, small, little, little, little steps, these little steps accumulate over time. And to me, you don't have to be 
an extra, you don't have to be a crazy wild extrovert. You just need to make these little attempts, these little bold moves that add up to big, big moves later yeah. on. Yeah. Belief is a big thing. It's an undercurrent in most of the book, but there is a specific principle about needing to believe in yourself. Um, Self-doubt, it's an epidemic. I'm sure there are many a person listening that have that voice that says, nope, I'm not sure that I'm the person that can do that thing. There's obviously the Henry Ford quote, "If you whether you think you can or think you can't, you're right. Uh, and I know you're an arguer for, uh, you got to think you can. But what is, what's your like, you know, single biggest piece of advice for the person who's struggling with self-doubt that might catalyze them into taking action and being a little more bold? Well, wait, I'm also going to add another one of those quotes, which is that, you know, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take, right? Yep. So that's another one. I was going to add to your thing. And that's one of my main philosophies. You're going to miss every shot if you don't take them. So you might as well make a shot. You, may, you might as well take a shot. And that's why I put this whole 10% target uh, methodology together, which is giving people uh, a way that they can get comfortable with failing and become immune to failure and reframe that idea of failure into an attempt. And what I tell people is like, pick one thing that you want to go after that you really are striving for one thing, not 10, but one, and then make 10 attempts at it. And why? What happens is you may not even get to that goal, but if you don't get to that goal, another opportunity will present itself that you never even knew existed by going down this path. And what that also does is by going through that, those 10 attempts, it makes you more comfortable with the failing and it becomes, you become desensitized to it because the more you do it, the more it happens, the less it becomes a thing. We got to like take that idea of failure and and really turn it on its head and not think of it the way we think about it. And that's why I, I really do. I say like, why don't you pick that one thing, try that 10% target and see where you come up with. Yeah. Love that. I know for me, I mean, it just reminds me of like this idea of almost like falling in love with the journey as opposed to the destination. When I was doing the fitness competition, if I'd have known right. what I'd get myself into, I would not have done it. It was way more work, way more discipline, way more nerves, getting backstage, all the insecurities. I, you know, they didn't, you know, assign last place. Pretty sure I got last place. It wasn't about what place I got because all of the learning happened on the journey to the stage. And if I'd only been focused on what was going to happen, whether I got a medal or not, whether I placed in a certain place or not, I would have stolen all of the fruit that was meant to be received in the experience. So um, there is a there is a principle that is uh, choose a direction, not a destination. I think that's part of what I was, you know, myself, like my direction was I want to continue to grow. But my destination wasn't a certain space on a stage necessarily. Talk about the journey versus the destination and why it's important to leave yourself open to or give your permission to, as you say in the book, go off road if the route to where you think you're heading throws a detour up so that you can continue to grow and be bold, even if it's not where you thought you were going to go in the first place. Absolutely. You don't need to have a destination. You just need to have a direction and then things will can work themselves out as you go. But the worst place to be is stagnant and doing nothing because nothing grows from that place. Like I said, the, the idea of just the thing, inertia, right? Something in motion stays in motion. And to me, that's where all the, the best, that's where the opportunities come. That's when, the, when you meet the, when you meet people, like when, 
when you are looking for a new job, you know, it's easier to get a new job when you have a job, right? Yeah. You It's easier to meet a girl or a boy or when you are in a relationship. It's the people that don't have anything going on that are always the hardest to kind of stop, you know, the stop is in the start, right? If you, if you're doing it and going and working and being, and you're in the mix, you need to be in the mix, right? You cannot be out of the mix being on, on the outside, watching Netflix and thinking that you're going to meet your, your, your Prince charming or your princess charm, your charmer or whoever, or you're going to find that dream job. It's not realistic. It's not going to happen. You've got to put yourself in those situations to win. Right. You need to put yourself in places where you can find opportunities, where you can win, where you can succeed every single time, every single time. It's funny because I've, I've had friends through the years that have, uh, you know, they have no problem complaining about what's not coming their way, but they aren't actually doing anything to change things not coming their way and wonder why. I'm like, uh, hello, <laughs> you got to get up, you got to do the work. Because a lot of people like to talk and not do, right? That's why dreams are only dreams if you don't do anything with them, right? Like you need to execute on that dream. And that's why they have all these sayings like 99% is perspiration, 1% is inspiration. There's all these like cliches and quotes for a reason because most people don't want to do because of their own self, their, their, the fear and their self-doubt and all this other stuff that imposture, whatever it is, where if people actually learn, it's not, you just have to do it. And it'd be, you'd be shocked at how far you can come because yeah. most people, even if, even on a pure numbers game or a volume game, right? If most people aren't doing it and you are, the chances of your success is that much higher? Now, I'm going to assume that if you were to take people that are super high performers, that have launched successful businesses, that are looked up to, whatever it might be, that there is likely boldness that is also ascribed to them as a character trait. I'm curious if there are a set of habits or a set of practices or routines that people who would be identified as bold people tend to do on the regular that if someone wanted to try and manufacture some boldness through habit work, we could maybe give some people some tips here. Well, I'm a big believer in habit stacking. I believe that you have to create your situation for success um, and create six systems in place and habits that can put you on point to be the most productive as possible. And as we talked about, I'm sure, and like, you know, I'm a big fitness believer, right? Like I was saying earlier, I've learned so many valuable life lessons from being in like fitness beyond just a squat and a lunge. And Can I ask you, Jen, real quick? Yeah. It's Monday. Did you uh, did you miss a Monday? <laughs> I'd never miss a Monday, Dave. It never misses a Monday, everybody. <laughs> did, did you prove it? Did you exactly? My Instagram will prove it because I have this. He's referring to this thing where I never miss a Monday. Hashtag that whole idea is start your week off right. Right. You got to like front end all these accomplishments. And and positive things that gives you the gives you the the confidence and the wherewithal to continue on. Did you miss a Monday? I would never miss a Monday. Number one, but I, I knew I was going to see you today, so of course I didn't miss a Monday. Good answer. The thing is, it's like it is to what you say. It's the reason why you make your bed in the morning. Your bed's in the background of the Zoom right now. But like you start your day, you start your week, you start your month, you start your year with success, and then you're stacking on top of success and building 
momentum, whether it's integrity momentum or just the momentum that's going to convince you that you can keep doing good things because you've already done good things. I'm here for it. Absolutely. Every single time. No, 100%. And I think that you, you stack the deck for you to win for the rest of the day, right? So to me, in the morning, I also am a big believer of doing the hard things first. Get that out of the way. Don't don't like let your brain get dragged de- bogged down by the, oh, my God, I still haven't done this. Oh, my God, I still haven't done that. Like, what, and what, because once you do that, you're freeing up time and energy on the other things that you need to be done. So I, I have this whole idea of like energy allocation theory, right? Which is, is a whole thing of like saving your energy for where it matters or where you need it. So putting certain things on autopilot are essential. So like I eat the same breakfast every day and I have certain things that I do daily that are on autopilot where I don't have to think about it. I don't have to deal with it. So then I can use that energy allotment and brain energy and and alertness and focus on the things that I really need to work on. And so I have a whole thing in my book about that. And I believe that is fundamental to success. So I I went through an exercise like maybe a year and a half ago where I was trying to audit productivity by day part because I wanted to see if I was most effective in the morning or in Mm -hmm. just before lunch or just after lunch. And yeah, there's like brain fatigue. So I like every other human, I get tired. I know I'm not a cyborg. What can I do? I'm working. (laughs) But I also am not the most productive first thing in the morning. I am most productive in a band between like 11 and one. And it's in part because I tend to work out in the morning. There's something in the endorphin release. I feel energized. I'm ready to take on the day. Do, is there is there something for you that is like specific to a time of day where you're like, this is when I crush? Me too. I'm the same as you, actually. That's kind of a similar thing. So in the morning, I like to work out, do all those things. Um, and then I'm, I'm really, because of the endorphins, I believe in all that other stuff, I'm super effective between 11 and 2, let's say, yeah. 11 and 1.30. And then I start to kind of like lag a bit, right? And I believe that's a very good point. Like people should know what that is. And like the night before, like you should get ready in the morning, the night before you should know what you're doing the next day to, to be on point and be the most productive, bold person you can be. Right. But that's knowing thyself. How much sleep do you need? Are you the kind of person that can be okay with four hours or do you need eight hours? Right. Like, can you, do you need to eat a big breakfast or are you better with like not eating until noon? Like, I don't believe like everyone thinks that it's, it's not a one size fits all type of thing, right? Yeah. We try to, we try to make it everything like everyone should intermittent fast and everyone should do this and everyone should do that. No, they shouldn't. And by the way, not everyone should meditate and not everyone should do like what works for one does not work for all. So a big part of this is like taking a mental check of who you are and having some self-awareness of what works best for you? No matter how many times I hear on people, on um, other people's podcasts or in my podcast, uh, meditations help them Medi- meditate. Yeah. You should meditate. Honestly, Dave, I've tried to meditate 4,000 times. It works for four seconds, if that. And that would be generous. Doesn't yeah. work for me. Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. 
You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky, co-founder of The Farmer's Dog. We make fresh food for dogs. We started the company when we saw what a huge difference it made in my own dog, Jada, when she stopped eating ultra-processed kibble and started eating fresh, whole food. The Farmer's Dog food isn't fancy. It's just real food delivered to your door in pre-portioned packs. It's better for them and easier for you. Get 50% off your first box at thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. That's thefarmersdog.com slash podcast. Everyone is so unique. I mean, the thing is, I have, I mean, I've had a couple of experiences with meditation that felt like they were awesome. And I have had more of the bang your head against the wall kind of experiences. And I don't know. I don't know. I'm pretty hard on myself because I, I start to get like really frustrated that I'm Me not to stay focused. And then it just, it, the, the wheels completely come off. They completely come off. All right. That's there are two chapters in this book that I'm going to be honest. I looked at the table of contents and I was like, what is she talking about? Okay. So the first, and I want you to explain both. The first one was mediocrity is a superpower. And the second one was naivete is a strength. I've never heard anyone say either of those things in my life. The idea that it's okay to be okay is not something you usually find written inside of a book. Please tell us why. First of all, I said that mediocrity is a strength because I truly believe that it's been my, my superpower of life. Because number one, when you're mediocre, you're kind of used to failing more often than if you were extraordinary, right? I think people who have had, like, who are exceptional at something their whole life, they lose the ability to build character and grit and resourcefulness. So those things I had to kind of cultivate and work on because I had no other choice. So that's what I mean by that is that when you have, when you're forced into a situation because you are just average, it's actually your your biggest strength and your biggest ally because then you're when you fall you're not falling that far yeah. right like i have like a masters in falling but i have a phd in getting right back up because Ooh, i have to let's right? make a t-shirt out of that though. <laughs> right that's a good one thank you you can borrow it but you got to give like me that. credit thank you and i believe that to be true you know i did a whole speak i did a speaking engagement recently at MIT on resilience And the reason why they did this thing, the whole program was called fail. And the reason why they have it at MIT is because everyone there is the best in the world at they're the smartest in the world, the best in the world. And they have a really hard time with failure and their suicide rate is so high because, because of it, because when they do fail, they don't know how to handle it. And so they have an entire program now that has to be built into it. Versus someone like me who's failed so many times because I was like so average at best that like now when I, when I, when I fail, it's okay. Like I'll just try again. And I had to create something where, like I said, like 
it makes you gritty. You have to kind of figure shit out. If you can't get through the door, you got to go through the window. And if the window's not working, you got to find maybe another hole that you got to dig. And it's like, it keeps it. You, you have to kind of do all those things, which has ended up being such a straight, such a plus in my life. And is, is naivete connected to the curiosity yeah. unlock? Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's also connected to the fact that the more, you know, the worse off it is because here you are, right? Like when you're a kid, you don't know shit. So you try a lot of stuff and it doesn't matter because you don't know any better. But as you get older, the more experience you have and the more seasoned you are at something, you end up then just fitting into this cookie cutter thing and thinking of everything that all the possibilities of why something is not going to work out and why something is, is doomed before it even started. Versus if you are, if you, when you're naive and you don't know any better, you'll just kind of go for the gusto because you don't know, like, you know, like all these things that I tried in my teens and my, in my twenties, and it's all in the book. And there's some extraordinary things that I talk about that I didn't know any different. So I just like put myself in there. Oh, I resonate so much with this. (laughs) I am the victim of every once in a while, having had a little too much experience in something or, you know, rabbit holing, figuring out all the ways that everything has ever gone wrong with anything and this pragmatic practical wiring inside of me starts to warn everyone on the team or whoever guys you know this one time there was this one thing that happened to this one person and they're like well we didn't need to know that we're going to go do this thing and it's not going to be us that falls in that same trap that that other person did and it's like it's such a curse sometimes No, it is. It's almost always a curse. Right. Because and also like in systems, like if you go to a company and you're like, well, you know, uh, we always do it this way. Well, there's no disruption in that. Right. If everyone's doing everything that everyone's doing the same way, because that's what they were taught. That's what they were learned. That's what other people did. Then where is a disruption? Where does where do things get interesting or different? Or when do you like make a change? Because we get so myopic and narrow focused on that. So the less you know, the better. So good. Uh, Jen, I'd like to just hang out with you for the rest of time, literally. <laughs> and uh, unfortunately, we're nearing the end of our time. Um, for someone who does not yet follow you, is interested in learning more about the book, is wanting to know more about your work, where do you send them on the internet and how can they engage with you more deeply? The same place they find anybody and everywhere. You can go to the real Jen Cohen, you know, uh, on Instagram or TikTok with one N. Uh, you can go to my website, jennifercohen.com. You can uh, go to Amazon, Barnes and Noble to get the bigger, better, bolder book. It's on it's available now. Yeah, it's here it is. It's not yellow. It's gold. It's Let's gold. Yes, it's gold. I'll send you one. I thought you had, I, I forgot you had the PDF. That's right. I got the early um, PDF copy. Yes. Well, I mean, it served you well. It looks like you actually did your homework. I did do my homework. The thing is, it's a great read. I hope every single person who's listening to this will read the darn book. It'll give you all the tips on how to become a bold person who gets the things that they want in life. What's the subline? What's the subtitle of the book? It's live the life you want, not the life you get. I mean, if that's not an invitation to buy a book, I don't know what is. (laughs) (laughs) mic drop boom all right right. we finish each episode by asking our guests to give one single piece of advice it could be a quote could be inspirational it could be just the thing that's on your heart what's the thing that you think that listeners today need to hear from you jennifer bold cohen 
on this Rise Together podcast. I'm going to end it with just that. Live the life you want, not the life you get. So taste what you want. Don't take what you get. So good. Jen, I appreciate you. I uh, am looking forward to hanging out with you in person. Me too. Talking about all the things that would be inappropriate for us to discuss on this fine podcast. (laughs) I uh, appreciate your friendship. I'm excited for your book to release. It comes out on December 27th. That is the Tuesday after Christmas. If you got a book card from Barnes and Noble, use it on this baby. And I promise you will enjoy the read. Yes. I have one more thing to add. I am doing a live podcast for Habits and Hustle on January the 10th in Los Angeles at Barnes and Noble at the Grove. So if people want to come and see that podcast, it is the guest. It's a secret guest, but it's not going to disappoint. So it's not me because that would disappoint. It is a secret (laughs) guest. January 10th at the Grove. That is awesome. All right. Jen Cohen, you're awesome. Good luck on Tuesday. Happy holidays to you. Happy habits and hustle to you. Listener, if you enjoyed this episode and how the heck could you have not, I hope that you'll take a picture of the device that you're listening to and give each Jen and I a tag on anything that you share to your friends that might invite them to become just a little bit more bold. Anything you learned at all between now and next Thursday, have yourself a fantastic week. And don't just take what life gives you. Be bold enough to go get what you deserve. We'll see you next week on the Rise Together podcast. Thank you, Jen. Thank you. Well, thank you for listening to another episode. I appreciate you all being here so, so much. Before you go, I just want to make mention of one thing that I am so excited about. My daughter, Noah, and I have put together a delightful, an amazing, a wonderful children's picture book. It's based on the fun video series that we've done online called Tea Time with Noah, and it's called Here's to Your Dreams. It uh, it comes out on November 8th, and it's a book that hopefully encourages children to be brave, to believe in themselves, to dream big. Uh, in this, our first adventure, Noah has this big dream of becoming a sea captain, She realizes in pursuing this dream that it's not all smooth sailing. She doesn't know how to captain, doesn't have a ship, doesn't know how to build one. And that process of having to learn and try and fail and get back up teaches her that she has so much of what she's always needed already inside of her. And that every time it didn't go her way, it equipped her with some skills that allowed her to be even stronger and more resilient and believe more in herself on the other side. Again, it's called Here's to Your Dreams. It comes out on November 8th, and you can get it anywhere books are sold. For more info, head to the link in the show notes or to here's to your dreams.com. <laughs>